0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930
1: presenting The Drive. Today is Thursday, April 29th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm Nick Verzellini filling in for Paul Swan. we got a great show for you today. Later on the program... We'll speak to Marshall softball coach Megan Smith-Lyon as her team is starting to play really good softball as of late in the sixth of its last eight games. We also preview tonight's NFL draft. We're going to focus mainly on the Marshall players that probably won't hear their names called tonight, but should hear their names called uh, this weekend. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls on the White Claw phone line. That's, that number is 877-420-TALK. Once again, that's 877 Four two o talk white call hard seltzer made pure. So we'll start today though with the big news from earlier today, and it was the board direct or the committee's meetings uh, for Marshall athletics, and some of the coaches had some ideas for new things they want in terms of practice facilities and just facilities in general. Uh, Coach Charles Huff. His first big proposal of the day is he wants a outside practice field on grass because he believes that a lot of injuries occur on turf, which is statistically pretty true. Um, obviously, Marshall Football, with one of the better facilities in the Chris Klein Athletic Complex, but Huff wants to add an outside grass practice field, which makes sense, um, and he due to injuries, I mean that makes a lot of sense and he wants to improve the program so that's one of the things he is proposing I don't think that would cost a ton of money so I don't think that's an unrealistic proposal Uh, some of his reasonings didn't make a ton of sense, he said uh, Marshall men's soccer practices on grass, they don't really do that that often so I don't know, Uh, he said it and that's one of the reasons why they're successful, I don't think that really has anything to do with it, even if they did practice on grass a lot, but anyway uh, that makes sense, it would only you know, probably not cost that much to find 100 yards of grass and make a practice facility or a practice field uh, for the herd. But that was one of the things he wants. Coach D'Antoni, though, he had the big plan. He wants a new basketball arena slash practice facility. We've heard before he wants that to be on Hal Greer. That's a long term plan. I don't see that happening uh, during his tenure because that would obviously be a big move to not only move every uh, or not only to move the basketball team to a new arena, but to move every member of the athletic department to a new arena as well, because most of their offices are in Gullickson Hall slash the Cam Henderson Center. So short term, he wants renovations done to the Cam Henderson Center, which makes sense. It's an older building. It's, I believe this is this past season was it's 40 year anniversary. So that building has been a, long, a long, around a long time. And it makes sense that, you know, renovations need to be done. So that makes sense. But a new arena and a new facility altogether, that's a lot. I mean, just in general, that wasn't the only thing that he was proposing. And he said he wants a practice facility with two practice courts, a weight room, medical area, a restaurant that serves the athletes. It's also for to the public, parking garages, two outdoor courts around the facility, and 20 townhouses that would house athletes and they would have to pay rent. So that's a big proposal, and that's a long time stretch. But I'll give Coach Dan Dan Tony credit. He wants this program to reach new levels. He wants it to be one of the top programs in the nation. Now, how realistic is that? I don't know. But probably nobody thought, you know, 20 years ago, that Gonzaga would be one of the top programs in the nation. And Mark Few did make it that way. It took some time, but Marshall hasn't had the success that he had either. But we'll see. You know, if if a new practice facility has been in the talks for a long time since Coach Stantoni's taken over. He wants at least that. And I think if they did the renovations to Gullickson Hall that they've been talking about over the past couple of years, that could certainly get done. And maybe not a brand-new arena because, honestly, I mean, the Cam is in a per- perfect location on campus. You move it down to Hal Greer, that causes students a longer walk or longer drive. I mean, it wouldn't be too far off campus, but – Right now, it's in a perfect location, center of campus. You know, to go to a game, you just walk, you know, a few blocks or not even that for most students, and you're at the game. So I don't know if about moving it off campus would be a great idea, but in terms of trying to improve the facilities and improve the arena itself, that makes a lot of sense. And if Marshall wants to get to that next level, it's going to have to make these moves. So, uh, coaches with some. I guess, bold statements today in terms of what they want done. And, again, we'll see on those. I don't think we'll see an arena in the near future, but at least some renovations to the Cam Henderson Center could be coming. And, of course, renovations to the Gullickson Hall to make that more of a practice facility for Marshall, I think, would make a lot of sense. But the first thing first is Marshall needs that new baseball stadium. That's the top priority right now uh, in terms of athletic department because, well, that's a sport that doesn't have – elite facilities and if it got elite facilities could probably be pretty good you know you look at that program and one of the reasons why they've struggled is well they don't have a field they don't have a home stadium really they recently have made ymca kennedy center field their home but it certainly isn't uh an elite stadium or what they want so that would have to be done first before we even get close to talking about a new basketball arena um The practice field is another story. I don't think that would be overly expensive to have a grass practice field. The other big news is uh, Athletic Director Mike Hamrick, he says that to plan for full attendance for fall sports as of right now. So that's great. Uh, If sporting events can get back to normal and have full seating capacity for the fall, that's a huge step. And it seems like based on The uh, amount of vaccines that have been given to students on campus and given just in general in the Huntington Tri-State area that they feel like it would be safe enough as of right now to have full attendance in the fall for sporting events. But his contract is obviously expiring and they didn't talk about that today. It, It has not been a subject for the Board of Governors yet. And he has not been terminated or extended. So as of right now, Mike Hamrick, we don't know what his future is as Marshall Athletic Director. He'll either be back, maybe he'll decide to leave on for similar reasons to President Gilbert. I mean, he's deciding to leave. Or he'll be terminated. But we don't know yet. They haven't made a decision on that, which was interesting to me that a lot of people thought that would be the big story coming out of it the day and... It wasn't addressed today. They didn't even talk about Hamrick today. So that's interesting. The big story probably is that Coach D'Antoni wants to make improvements to the basketball facilities and Cam Henderson Center as of now and has goals of an 8,500-seat arena on how Greer Boulevard, along with a place for student-athletes to live and a brand-new practice facility. Uh, That, again probably not having in the near future but um it's certainly a great goal to have i think if the basketball program wants to get to the top level it's going to need those facilities a program that's been playing really well as of late is marshall's softball we'll hear from coach megan smith line on the other side of this break you're listening to the drive on espn 94.1 fm and am 930
0: buckle up paul swan has the wheel on the drive espn 94.1 fm and am 930
1: Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive. Nick Verzellini filling in for Paul Swan. We're trying to get a hold of head coach Megan Smith Lyon, but having some issues with that. So uh, we'll fill a little bit of time here, and then I'll try to call her back. But um, other news today, NFL Draft will be tonight – and some Marshall players looking to potentially hear their names, not necessarily tonight, but throughout this week. Uh, Josh Ball, the herd senior offensive tackle. Brennan Knox, Darius Hodge, Jalen McLean, Savant, Devontae Beckett are considered the most likely players to get selected. According to NFL.com, Josh Ball projected to go around round four or five. Brennan Knox, round six or seven. Darius Hodge, round six or seven. McLean Sapp and Devontae Beckett are both projected to go undrafted. It's a little bit interesting that Beckett projected to go undrafted as a linebacker. And I think a lot of that obviously has to do with he's a little bit undersized. But you look at his production in college and you'd think he'd be considered for the NFL, but that just shows the big difference between college and college and the NFL. So Beckett not projected to get picked as of now. And we'll see if any of these guys hear their names. I mean, it looks like Josh Ball is pretty much a lock with him being projected as a round four or five draft choice. Obviously, the big concern though with him would be some off the field issues before attending Marshall. So we'll see about him. But um, in terms of size and talent, I mean, it's all there for Josh Ball. So he's an NFL a, a prospect. Brendan Knox, again, another guy that had a great college career um, but may not find himself selected, again, projected as a sixth or seventh-round pick. So, I mean, this is a guy that won Conference USA MVP, had, I think, two 1,000-yard seasons for the Thundering Herd, So he was a great running back, and we don't know if he will get drafted um but a lot of that has to do with his speed uh 40 time was not ideal for him so that inability to have breakaway speed i think is the big concern about brendan knox darius hodge he has a chance defensive end edge pass rusher question for him is again size and can he um move from having his hand in the dirt to playing outside linebacker because that's what people think he might be best suited for at the next level opposed to where he currently plays in with his hand in the dirt because he's not the biggest guy he's got good speed he's got good athleticism could he be an outside linebacker i don't know because of the coverage we didn't see a whole lot of his coverage abilities in college so i think that's the big question mark with him he has the ability to get after the quarterback he kind of reminds me a little bit of hassan reddick Um, in terms of a little bit undersized for an outside linebacker defensive end type, but certainly has good speed and good athleticism that he might be able to find a role in the NFL. McLean Sapp, the last guy, a redshirt senior. Um, He has a 5.5 grade according to NFL.com, projected to be undrafted. McLean Sapp was always a solid cornerback for Marshall, but I don't think you ever looked at him as the best cornerback on the team. Could he find a way into the NFL? Maybe on the practice squad, maybe something like that. Uh, But certainly played with some NFL caliber players on his team in the past. So we're going to take another quick break. Hopefully on the other side of this break we'll have head coach Megan Smith-Lyon. If not, uh, we'll continue to talk about the draft and some more NFL news. You're listening to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Drive. Paul Swan is out today. I'm Nick Verzellini here, your host. And we're now being joined by the Marshall softball coach, Megan Smith-Lyon. Coach, your team has won six of its last eight games playing really good softball right now. Uh, what's been the key to the recent success?
2: You know, honestly, I think um, just kind of getting in a rhythm. You know, we've had so many stops and COVID issues, and uh, it's been definitely a different type of a season where we're not playing as many games, and we've had some interruptions, and you know, it's just hard to get into a rhythm when we have a lot of new players and not a young, a lot of young players, and you know, it just takes a little bit, and I think that we're seeing uh, you know, people getting more comfortable, getting into a rhythm, uh, and I think we're seeing, the uh, you know, definitely more success now because of that.
1: Yeah, Coach, I mean, I know you've had some players return recently. Sage Pie probably uh, has had the biggest impact recently. Uh, what's it been like to have her back in the lineup? I mean, she's swinging a really good bat for you right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, offensively, she's a huge threat for us. And, you know, had a, had a slower start, but she's definitely, um, you know, kind of got back to – to what she normally does, and uh, she's been a big boost. And, you know, honestly, too, along with her, Maya Stevenson, um, you know, had a slow start as well and has picked it up here lately and been huge for us offensively.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Maya, and obviously, I mean, she's had tremendous success throughout her career. To see her start to turn it around um, and prove that she is the same player that she's always been, I mean, that's got to be encouraging for you, and certainly helps out the rest of the players in the lineup, with her being such a dangerous uh, bat.
2: Absolutely, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, we know we know what she's capable of, and you know, it's one of those things. Hitters go through some some tough times here and there, and and with us, like I said, with not quite not quite getting into a rhythm. I think that really. Uh, played into her start and her her slow start you know but we have tons of confidence in Maya and knew that it was just a matter of time and you know she's definitely uh, turned it around at the right time for us here in conference play.
1: And coach obviously you know you want those players to be uh, playing well and but with your team it it seems like too that there's not much of a drop off between the starters and the players that typically come off the bench how much do you think that competition within the team has really helped uh, you guys excel th- these past couple of seasons?
2: You know, I think it's, it's a huge uh, benefit to have, you know, competition at practice and, and a lot of good players and good depth. And that's something that is a positive for us and it's a, a huge asset to our team this year. I mean, you know, we went down to uh, Florida International and we played a ton of players. You know, a lot of people got opportunities. A lot of people um, stepped in and did some big things. You know, whether it was offensive or defensive, uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of names we can put down the lineup card that are going to come through for us and help us be successful. And it's definitely a huge benefit for us.
1: How challenging, I guess, is it as a coach then to decide, okay, should we throw this person in, in this situation or what situation bet best fits each player? Because you have so much talent on your roster and you want to get them opportunities, but you also are trying to win the game and trying to figure out, uh, I guess, which situation's best for those players? How challenging has that been with all the talent you've acquired on this roster?
2: Yeah, you know, it's having so much talent is an awesome thing as a coach, but it also adds a layer of stress, and and it's definitely um, a lot tougher when you're making decisions and putting together lineups. You know, there's so many people that we call on uh, that we have confidence in. You know, but what we really try to do is, is learn the strengths of each player and and use them to the best of their ability, to where their strengths really shine and help our team be successful. Um, so you know we've we've done a lot of manipulation in the lineup for for certain people to be hitting and certain people to be on defense at certain crucial times in the game. Uh, and you know I think it's really this past weekend I really um, saw it work out extremely well um, with our whole team working together. I mean every win that we got in Miami it was a full team win. I mean there were so many people contributing on on both sides of the game, and that's fun to see as a coach. It's fun to see. Um, you know, not just the same people contribute. It's fun to see the entire team, uh, you know, really have a hand in our success. So that, that was an awesome, awesome thing to see as a coach this weekend.
1: These past two series against the Florida schools, uh, they've been very competitive, but your team's been able to prevail in uh, six of the last eight games. Um, two weeks ago, that was the last time that you got to play at home this season, at least on the schedule, um, So you were able to honor your seniors. Uh, Can you talk about the seniors a little bit and what they've meant to the program?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, senior day is is one of those special days. I mean, it's it's a, it's a fun day. It's a a great day, but it's a bittersweet day. You know, it's uh, time for us to honor them and to, um, you know, appreciate all the things that they've done to help our program. I mean, and, you know, they've been such a huge had such a huge impact on everything that we do. Um, on their teammates, being great leaders, being hard workers. You know, they they really have all four of them have been tremendous people, tremendous players, tremendous leaders. Uh, you know, and like I said, bittersweet. It's awesome to honor them and. Um, to be able to to pay tribute to them. But it's also, you know, man, it's going to be tough. We, we don't want to lose them. We never want to lose our seniors. These four are, are really special and have done some awesome things for our program.
1: You're listening to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, Coach Megan Smith-Lyon. My guest, Nick Verzellini, filling in for Paul Swan. Coach, how do you feel about this current time off? I mean, obviously, it's getting late in the year, so it's a time to get some rest. But it seems like, too, that – Every time your team starts to get in a rhythm, you get a week off, and then maybe you don't play as well as you were before. So would you rather be kind of playing right now, or do you think that this time off will be beneficial in the long run?
2: You know, honestly, that's, that's a fun question. We've been talking about it as a staff. You know, we're, we were a little concerned about it. But honestly, I think it might be a good thing for us. You know, we're, we've had finals this week. Our players have been really stressed. It's hard to manage, uh, you know, academics in softball in general, but definitely during finals week. It adds an extra layer of stress, and our players, you know, take a lot of pride in their academics, and, um, you know, we, we have a lot of players that, you know, are really academically oriented, which is awesome. So, you know, they're stressed right now, and, and I honestly think this could be a good thing for us. We've got a couple players banged up. That gives an extra week to get some rest and recuperate. It lets our players focus on their finals, um, and, you know, not have that extra stress of having to prepare for a conference game. You know, so we're looking at it as a positive. We're, we're still working at practice. Um, we're, we're doing some things as a team to kind of come together and, and, you know, work on that team chemistry, too, as we go into the last weekend. Um, you know, so I think it, it can be a really good thing for us to get this, this rest and, and really focus on ourselves academically and on the field for the next week and a half before we play Charlotte.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously finals week and want to try to uh, stay in the classroom and get ready on the field as well. So your next opponent will be Charlotte. It will be the final series of the Conference USA regular season. They're right now at the top of your division. You guys sit uh, in second place. So what kind of challenge do you think uh, they bring in? Maybe even having this extra time off, you get a little bit extra time to prepare for them as well.
2: Yeah, Charlotte's a tough team. You know, they're a very well-balanced team. They're a solid team. Um, they've had they had a good year last year they're having a great year this year you know they're they're one of those teams that uh, can do everything they've got a really solid pitching staff um, their offense is is um, dynamic they have a leadoff hitter who is one of the best hitters in the conference and has been over the last few years so you know they're going to be a really really tough challenge and then we get them at their place um, which is always another uh, a challenge in itself uh, and for their senior weekend so you know we we just you um, we need to focus on ourselves and and continue to build on what we've been doing. I feel like we have gotten better and better every single weekend that we've gone out. And, you know, I think with the preparation that we're going to have over the next week and a half, you know, my hope is that we continue that progression and we get better and and play our best against Charlotte. And then, and then hopefully if we make the tournament, our best at the tournament. So, you know, we're excited about playing Charlotte they're a great team, um, very similar to us. So I think it's going to be some really, really tough games.
1: Yeah, definitely looking forward to that one, Coach. Um, Coach McVine, our our guest here on the drive, Nick Verzellini filling in for Paul Swan. Uh, based on how you guys have played the past couple of weeks and if you're able to gain some momentum at Charlotte, what do you, what do you think is the potential uh, for this team moving forward into the tournament and a potential postseason tournament as well?
2: Well, you know, I think that when you're looking at our conference, there's a lot of teams that could go into that tournament if they make the tournament and, and- – and do really well and go on a run, you know. And we're one of those. I think that you know any team, um, you know, if if we uh, end up making the tournament, any team's going to be tough or is going to be scared to play us. I think because of our tough offense. You know, I think our offense has the potential to score a lot of runs um, on any given day. And you know, I think that our pitching staff has improved. and And over the last couple of weeks, you know, Kaylee Joyce has really emerged as a strong pitcher for us and able to win um, win games and have really solid starts. So I think you know you know, us having her emerge as, as a uh, leading pitcher for us. And with our offense, you know, uh, anything can happen in a tournament. And we're really confident in what we can do. We're confident in our team and our players. And, you know, if given the opportunity in the conference tournament, we're excited.
1: Yeah, Coach, I agree with that. I mean, your pitching seems to be really coming all around. And, uh, you know, last year the big story was obviously your offense. But this year you have even more pitching depth and – Having that this year, do you think that makes this team maybe not necessarily better than last year's team, but uh, a little bit more deeper than last year's team?
2: Sure. I mean, we have more weapons, and I think that's always a positive. You know, at last year's team uh, was a talented team, and we never we didn't really get to see how that team was going to be in conference play. You know, so this team, what we've seen is that we just have a lot more weapons to to throw at teams in the circle, um, on defense, on offense. Uh, you know, and I think that that's a, that's a huge positive. We have known that we had more depth all year. We've seen it at practice. We've seen our players, uh, compete at practice and, you know, we, uh, we hope that was going to be a, a benefit for us. And, uh, we, we definitely have seen that it is, you know, this past weekend, like I said, um, multiple people step up in some critical situations and come through, you know, we had three pitchers that had really, really good weekends, you know? So when you have that, those, that many people step up and do things, uh, that's a huge benefit, and, and it bodes well for tournament, for tournament play, especially the conference tournament.
1: Is there anything you're looking for in the final uh, regular season series before conference play that you want to see out of the team heading into conference play that would give you maybe more confidence, or be, not believe, but I guess uh, make you feel confident heading into the tournament?
2: Well, you know, I think it's uh, we need to see some more consistency. I think that's one thing that. Um, you know, we've had two good weekends with Florida Atlantic and Florida International, but we still lack some consistency um, in all aspects of the game. So, you know, if we could put together four consistent performances, um, which is hard to do, it's hard to do against the same team, but we could do that offensively, defensively, and and, uh, in the circle, you know, I think that would give us even more confidence as we go into the conference tournament. You know, we've had great moments in in every aspect, um, and, you know, we've We've uh, been able to put them together a few times. We haven't quite been able to do it every game we've gone out in a weekend. So, you know, our hope is that, um, you know, at Charlotte, what, whatever the result is at Charlotte, that we see consistent performances and, and continue to build so we're prepared for that tournament.
1: All right, Coach. Well, looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, and uh, have a good rest of your day, and good luck the rest of the year.
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Go Herds.
1: Coach Megan Smith-Lyon joining us today on the drive. Her team currently second in the Conference USA East Division behind the Charlotte 49ers, who the Thundering Herd will take on, starting on May 7th at 5 p.m. at Charlotte. And that series will wrap up on May 9th. The Conference USA tournament being played in Bowling Green this year uh, will run May 12th through the 15th, and then we'll see about postseason. Uh, there's a few different postseason tournaments that softball can play in. Um, obviously, the NCAA, if it's able to win the Conference USA tournament, then uh, it would obviously go there. But there's a few other ones that Marshall's participated in in the past that it could qualify for if those are still running. I don't know certain uh, due to COVID-19, but in the past they kind of didn't. They went. They have a an NIT-type tournament, a National Invitational. And in 2019, Marshall played in that after losing to La Tech in the Conference USA tournament and lost to Liberty uh, 7-0. I think it was the semifinal game of the NIT for softball, the National Invitational Softball Championship. So, heard softball always competing at a high level and doing it again this year. Um, For the remainder of the year, you can – Follow the Herd on WMEL 88.1 FM. The student radio station will have all the games throughout the uh, remaining part of the season. So if you're keeping up with Herd softball, uh, you can listen to them there and uh, follow out throughout the remainder of the season. Obviously, uh, Conference USA TV will have some of those games as well uh, for you. But if you're looking for something to tune in, uh, that's a good place to start. So we come back we'll head into our next segment we'll go back we'll talk a little bit about some nfl news and maybe update you a little bit on high school basketball in the mountain state you're listening to the drive on espn 94.1 fm and am 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM
1: 930. we back to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm Nick Verzellini filling in for Paul Swan today. We missed it earlier on the program. We had head coach Megan Smith-Lyon of the Marshall softball team. Um, we talked a little bit about the NFL draft in terms of Marshall players that could potentially hear their name this weekend. We're going to talk about some of the big news in the NFL today. Uh, a couple hours ago, it was announced that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. He is unhappy with the Packers and appears to want out. I mean, this has kind of been going along, around for a while now. Um, obviously, Rodgers you know, has been with the team and feels unhappy with just how he's been treated. I, I believe he wanted a guaranteed contract a few seasons ago, didn't get it. We know last year the only the only skill position the Packers have selected in the first round since Rodgers took over for Brett Favre in 2008 was Jordan Love, so a backup quarterback has been the only uh skill position they've selected in the first round. That certainly didn't make Rodgers happy and now he wants out. And of course, Tonight's draft is looking very interesting because the 49ers have intrigued about Rodgers and apparently want to make an addition here. So, you know, we're uh, looking at that because they're trying to make a move. They're trying to or the 49ers are trying to get a quarterback. So, uh, you know, there's been talks about Rodgers going there because obviously he's a West Coast guy from California. They're trying to maybe make an addition here. So, uh, we're going to go to the White Claw phone line. Got somebody on the line here. Oh, they dropped the call, so never mind. We're going to go to the White Claw phone line, but now we're not. Maybe they'll call back. I don't know. They're calling back, it looks like. So we're going to go to the phone line here, see what uh, this person might have to say. You're on the drive.
0: Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. You're doing this solo, aren't you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, not, hard, not, not easy to do. Uh, anyway, I've enjoyed li- listening to you. Uh, you're very smooth. And like a lot of us, when you are searching for a word, the right word, Hesitate for a second, but uh, I think you're I think you're you're pretty damn good. Uh, so I'm a Niners fan, okay. and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Niners end up with Aaron Rodgers before the night's over.
1: That would be something. That would be great for them. I think. Obviously, they're looking uh, for you know a quarterback here. The other rumor I saw earlier today was that Zach Wilson might fall to uh, number 3 and that would be their pick supposedly but you think they're going to go for Rodgers I mean the only issue with that I think is they might not have the draft capital to pull something off after moving up to 3
0: Well well you're exactly right and that's my concern uh you can't throw Jimmy G in because as you mentioned a moment ago they they already have a, a you know a quarterback prospect so uh, uh, Aaron, would. I think Aaron would like to get back to Northern California. And uh, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. That's the beauty of the draft is you really – there's so much smoke, you don't really know what's going to happen, do you?
1: Yeah, it should be an interesting draft. There's obviously rumors about the Patriots moving up. Um, so a lot of rumors right now. And in what's been a pretty crazy day in the NFL, Tim Tebow wants to come back and play for the Jaguars at tight end. Uh, try to reunite him with head coach urban meyer so yeah it should be a great draft who i got calling by the way
0: uh who do you think's going to be the first Marshall player
1: uh i think josh ball based on the rumors but who is this calling by the way and where are you from
0: oh this is mike calling from huntington i'm sorry
1: oh you're good man it's good to have you on mike uh
0: yeah so uh you haven't been the intern you've been somewhere else right no you're i am i am
1: the intern nick Verzolini. this is my final show
0: Well, uh, again, you're not ending sentences with prepositions. And instead of calling the softball team them, you called them it, which is pretty strong. So if I was going to grade you, my man, I would give you a very high uh, grade for today.
1: All right, thank you, Mike. Thanks for joining us here on The Drive. Uh, Call in any time when Paul's on, too. Thank you. Have a good day, sir. But, yeah, the draft should be interesting tonight. And, of course, a lot to talk about with that. Um, Some other things I was going to get into. Obviously, Rodgers, the big news. But, yeah, Tim Tebow wants to come back. He wants to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars at tight end uh, and reunite with his head man, Urban Meyer. Um, You know, that's interesting. Uh, of course tebow retiring from baseball so it, it kind of seemed like this might be happening right when he retired from baseball because it, it seemed like okay well what's he gonna do now and he's too good of an athlete for him to just stop playing sports so he's coming back he wants to be a tight end for the jacksonville Jaguars uh you know he's 33. i don't i don't know if he can come back to the NFL and try to play tight end but Nobody thought he could come back and play baseball, and while he wasn't great, he did have some minor league success after not playing the game since high school. The guy's a freak athlete. I give him credit for that. We'll see. We'll see on uh, if he ends up being, you know, even having a shot. I think Urban is obviously going to give him a shot because of all the stuff he did for Urban Meyer when he was at Florida, right? So Tebow, a guy that could, uh, you know, come in and, Help us or help the uh, help the Jaguars out there. so interesting news there that he wants to come back and play for Jacksonville. bunch of teams rumored to potentially be moving into the top 10. You have the New Orleans Saints they want to move into the top 10. The Panthers want to or the Panthers traded Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos the other day, and now the Patriots uh, they want to move into the top five as well potentially. There was a rumor that they're going to try to move up to four earlier today. So we'll see. And, of course, Julio Jones, he's on the trade block. So there's a lot of guys out there right now that could be moving. And it's interesting. It's a lot of interesting stuff to look at here today. And uh, we'll move on now to the NBA because I think I've pretty much covered everything with the draft. I mean, the draft is going to be crazy tonight on ESPN NFL Network, and uh, of course, it should be very exciting. But as we look at the NBA right now, we're in like the final 10 games of the regular season, so, uh, you know, these playoff pushes are coming down to the wire. We have the play-in game this year, so 7 through 10 are going to play in for the last two spots in the playoffs. So in the East right now, the 7th seed is the defending Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat. They trail Boston by, or they're tied with Boston at 33-30, and 30, but record uh, in the conference, I think, is the difference maker there. The Celtics have one more win than the Heat do in the East. Then you have the Hornets and LaMelo Ball. I mean, they're an exciting team. A lot of people are interested with Charlotte. They're 30-32 and 32 on the year. They're the 8th seed right now. Pacers followed them as the 9, and then the Washington Wizards are the 10 right now in the East. So the East, it's looking interesting. It looks like it's going to come down to the wire. Uh, The Wizards, though, are are the hot team right now. They've won 9 of their last 10, beat the Los Angeles Lakers last night, I believe it was. And they're an interesting team there that... And a normal year would not have a shot at the playoffs most likely because they are almost five games back. They're four and a half games back of the Heat. So they most likely would not have a shot as the 10th seed right now. But since there's 10 less games this season, they're going to have a shot. And they're a dangerous team with Westbrook, Beal, obviously in the backcourt. But overall, I mean, that play-in tournament is going to be interesting, especially if Miami or Boston ends up there because those two teams were projected to finish toward the top of the East. You have Brooklyn there as the one seed, followed by the 76ers. Those two teams are locked in for the playoffs. But, you know, whoever gets those seven and eight seeds could be a dangerous team and obviously had to earn it. So they could be playing really good basketball heading into the playoffs and maybe make a run. In the West, Utah, of all teams, is the one seed right now. Phoenix is following them at the two. Nobody expected that really. The Lakers are the five because of their injuries that they've had, and everybody expects them to be great but you look at who's fighting for playoff positioning, Portland, Memphis, San Antonio, Golden State. You have two of the best players in the NBA in those playoff games, in those play-in games with Damian Lillard and Stephen Curry. So you have two of the top players in the league fighting for playoff positioning. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a great final run here uh, toward the playoffs. You know, Portland sits there at 34-28. and 28. They are just a half game back of the Dallas Mavericks. So Luka Doncic is potentially going to have to play in. And the Lakers are only two games ahead there at 36-26 and 26 from potentially being a play-in team all of a sudden. I don't think they'll end up being that. I think LeBron James will come back and solidify their spot. But the West and the East here with play-in games are looking interesting. It looks like the playoff push is going to be very intriguing in both conferences you know Steph Curry was on that ridiculous streak just a few weeks ago he's cooled off a little bit since then but obviously if he's in a play play in game scenario you got to like the Warriors shot to make a run you look at the Spurs the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers and uh, they're all interesting teams John Morant's one of the more exciting players in the league the Spurs are always seem to be there with Greg Popovich, even if they don't have the most talent in the world, the Spurs are always in the running, right? So, yeah, it should be an exciting run here in the Western Conference and in the Eastern Conference. I'm looking forward to these final 10 games or so of the regular season because, again, it's a 72-game season opposed to the normal 82, setting up these play-in games and setting up a lot of different scenarios for those teams. And, of course, this year too, you know, there's a big debate on who's going to be MVP because in a normal year, it, it'd probably be decided by now, right? But this year, it seems like there's been an MVP of each part of the season. The first half, it looked like, or early on, it looked like LeBron James. He got hurt, so he kind of eliminated himself there. For a while, it looked like Steph Curry. And then it didn't look like Curry, and then it looked like him again. James Harden's been in the running. I don't think he's going to win it based on his recent injuries. And Joel Embiid seems to maybe be the guy, but you could go Curry if the Warriors make the playoffs. I think you could go Doncic to an extent. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. You could even maybe make an argument for a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's led the Utah Jazz to the 1C in the West, and nobody saw that coming. Uh, You know, Jokic has a chance, and... He's been a guy that's been in the running. But I think it's going to be Joel Embiid. The 76ers are the two seed in the East. They might finish as the one. They have the fourth, fifth best record in the NBA right now. And I don't think a lot of people saw that coming based on how they kind of finished last year. So I think it's going to be Embiid. But, again... There's no lock there, so it's weird. It's different than a normal year. The last couple of seasons, Giannis Antetokounmpo has pretty much won it, right? And there hasn't been too much debate. In the past, we've had Harden versus Curry, but again, it was down to like two guys. This year, you have like four or five candidates, so you could legitimately see winning MVP. So it's a different race than normal, and these Final Ten games could help decide it because we might have recency biased here. We could see a situation where a guy like Stephen Curry just goes on another tear here toward the end of the year, and you're like, wow, he was really impressive these last few months and the Warriors make the playoffs or whatever ends up happening Uh, with that, and maybe he ends up winning the MVP. You You could certainly make that argument because this is his first year where there's no KD. Clay Thompson got hurt, so there's no Clay. Draymond Green's there, but Draymond Green isn't really a scorer. He's a great facilitator. He can make plays. But is he somebody that you're going to say, uh, let's go to Draymond Green? And you're not going to say that. You could say that about Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant. So I think Curry's got a good chance, but he's going to need a big run here toward the end. And again, we talked about teams like the Wizards, who are on a hot streak right now. Russell Westbrook's been ridiculous. I don't think he's going to be in the MVP conversation. But again, maybe he could be. I don't think so, though. I think it's going to come down to Embiid, Jokic and Curry. That'd be my top three right now. We'll see how that finishes out. Of course, this weekend, we got to get into it here a little bit. Marshall men's soccer will be in action. The Thundering Herd will play for uh, its first round game against Fordham. And of course, Marshall 9-2-2 two and two on the year. The Fordham Rams will be their opponent in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Fordham, the 23rd ranked team in the country right now. Uh this should be a great game. Marshall obviously playing in the NCAA tournament back-to-back years. And Coach Chris Grassi and his team looking to try to, uh, I guess, improve on what it did last year in the tournament. Obviously had the big win over West Virginia. And then uh, fell in the next round to, I think, Washington was the number one seater there toward the top. They were a really good team. So Marshall number 10 heading in. Should be a great game this weekend. Hey, thanks for joining me today on the drive. Big thanks to Megan Smith-Lyon, head coach of the Marshall softball team, for coming in today as well. It was great talking to her. So a lot to look forward to in Marshall athletics, a lot to look forward to at the NFL draft tonight. And Paul should be back tomorrow. This was my final show, so I've enjoyed the run here at ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 uh, interning with this show and everything I've done around the station. It's been a lot of fun working here as an intern. So uh, I'm Nick Verzellini. Thanks for joining me and uh, have a good rest of your day.
0: W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.